We are Randolph Shepherd Podcast. We are Randolph Shepherd Podcast. This is the We Are Randolph Shepherd Podcast, promoting blind entrepreneurship and independence. And now here's the dynamic duo Nikki Gaykos and Terry Smith. Welcome, welcome to episode one of year two. Uh, we are Randall Shepard, and again, we want to thank our sponsors, because without our sponsors, we can't do it. The National Association of Blind Merchants, Coca-Cola, Sodexo, Three Square, Cantaloupe, You Selected, Southern Foods, Tyler Technologies, and our host tonight, Translucent. Terry, how are you? I am doing great, Nikki, and uh, it's great to be back. You know, we took a month off. Uh, we didn't do a podcast in uh, January. We record these about a you know week in advance, and we were in the middle of the holidays, and so uh, we decided to, to take a month off. And but it's really great. Um, I know we haven't uh, talked to the folks since uh, since since the holidays, and I had a had a great holiday and. First, I had something happen to me New Year's that uh, uh, I, I can't remember it ever happening before, and that was I was asleep at midnight when uh, New Year came in, and that, and that is literally the first time that I can ever remember that happening. But I can explain. I was with my grandkids starting on the 26th. I had four grandkids from ages seven to three. That was the day five. And I died and my kids were worried about me the next day. They said, dad, are you okay? You just, you weren't right last night. And I said, that was just sheer exhaustion. Five, four grandkids, five days, four grandkids. And I was literally dead. And for the first time since I was probably 10 years old, I did not ring in the new year. And I feel so, so old for doing that. Well, I didn't feel old, but the same thing happened to me. And, you know, I watched a little football, the playoffs for that day and um, went to sleep just early because same thing, you know, the, the, the holidays seemed a little different this year, um, but spent a lot of family time, which, which I just love. And I know you love and stuff. And it just got to the point where I just kind of laid down and next day I know I fell asleep and next day I woke up and for many, many years being in the bar business and the restaurant business, you know, those were your big days, New Year's Eve. And I remember being up, you know, with all the BS of, you know, the horns and this and that and everybody getting crazy and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was nice to get up early the next day and, and and go for a walk and try to relax a little bit and bring in the New Year that way. So it was it was OK that that, that, that happened to us. And I don't think it's a thing of getting old. I just think it's a, a reality of things you do. It's spend time with family. It gets you tired and you want to get up and do it again the next day. Well, we're just we're just really to tell the truth, just two party animals, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So yeah, I was thinking of what to do for our. I was thinking of what to do for our uh, upcoming uh, podcast. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Of. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You were. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one thing we don't need to do on on any upcoming podcast is is, is make sports predictions because I mean since. Uh, uh, I felt really confident about my predictions for for, for the college football and the, and the Super Bowl. Uh, and, um, you know, Alabama didn't even make the playoffs, even though I picked them. Uh, my picks for the Super Bowl were Buffalo and Dallas, and neither one of them is going to be there. 
So I think you and I just need to swear off for 2023. That ought to be our New Year's resolution. We are not going to make any sports predictions this year on our podcast. Well, I think we got to continue because I think people call us up all the time to remind us how bad we are. So maybe it's something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is a good point. You know, people yeah. people do remember do remember all all, all of our bad picks. So uh, uh, speaking of New Year's resolutions, do you? I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't do New Year's resolutions. Do you do them? You know, I don't. Um, you know, it's the same, you know, I'm going to work out more. I'm going to eat less, you know, all that type of stuff. And then when Lent comes, I do the same thing again, but I had a friend and a friend of both of ours, um, sent me an email, wishing me a happy new year. And he said, my new year's resolution is I'm going to work out less and eat more. And so far I'm sticking to it. He says, great. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of like that. And that was uh, our good friend, John Bergman from uh, Baltimore. And he said, I loved it. I said, I'm going to steal that and use that. So, yeah, my New Year's resolutions, Terry, I'm going to eat a lot more and, and work out less. And you know what? I'm sticking to that. And it's been a great year so far. Well, I think I think I can handle that. But I may I, I may copy that. Uh, yeah. uh, so so so, Nikki, this is we all, we always do our our, our WhatsApp sec segment. And, uh, you know, we each get 20 seconds in which usually morphs into 30 seconds or 45 seconds or two minutes. You and I are not very good at time. Um but uh, so this is going to be our first what's up uh, uh, section for 2023. So, Nikki, what's up? So what's up with me, Terry, is that we just started celebrating uh, Chinese New Year. And this is the year of the rabbit. And the rabbit stands for hope and luck. And I think there's going to be some hope for Randall Shepard. And we need some luck. That is for sure. So I'm going to stick to uh, believing that last year was the year of the tiger, and this year is the year of the rabbit. And I believe in hope and luck, and I think that hopefully this year of the rabbit will bring back some luck to the Randall Shepard program as we get into uh, you know what I call year three of this different type of, of what we're going through, of this normalcy, this new norm. And I think that hopefully this year this rabbit will bring us luck. That's what's up with me. What's up with you? Man, I always hate it. You always go so deep and philosophical on on, on, <laughs> on this stuff. I mean, I'm so superficial. You know, <laughs> I mean, because I'm I'm excited about the 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 Oscar nominations. I mean, you know, we we've talked about it before, and that I'm a a a real movie buff. My wife and I go to the movie, uh, you know, quite a bit, and uh, real movie buffs. And uh, so, uh, and and every year at the Oscars, we have an Oscar like a little private party and we get our Oscar ballot out and we predict who's going to win. And, you know, I beat her for like six or seven years in a row. And I was, you know, and then she beat me two years in a row for, for last year. I came back and got a win. So, you know, not that I'm keeping score or anything. And um, uh, so now the Oscar nominations are out and I got about a month to, to, to pick my winners. And there are some, there's some good movies this year. I'm not going to say it was a banner year for, for movies, but there's some there's some pretty good ones. So I'm looking forward to that. It's Oscar season, and uh, that's always a good time of year. All right, and Terry, you know what? Uh, what else is up? I want to give some. Uh, you know, it is a new year and everything, and I want to say that um, give some dates to some things that are coming up. I know on February second, uh, Blast TNT uh, will be coming up, and we have David Steele from uh, RSA on the call. Um, Sagebrush is coming up right after that. And I actually think some of us may be gone to see how we can work together. 
uh, NAMA coming up in May in Atlanta, uh, possibility of a fly-in uh, coming up in D.C. with possible some emerging leaders going on with that. Uh, an Iowa training at USI, one of our sponsors, June 7th to the 9th. And then, of course, National Convention in Houston uh, for the merchants. And, of course, then uh, Atlantic City with Vistar for Blast on the Boardwalk again coming up. So those are some dates and some excitement that we have coming up. And a lot of state meetings again, Terry, coming up in, in person, too. So very excited about that. And I do want to give one last shout out to Lorraine Magnuson, who retired after many years and um, at, in Virginia at the Pentagon. And uh, Lorraine said she's not going away. Um, and I look forward to hopefully seeing her in March when I head down to uh, Virginia for their annual meeting to uh, hopefully see Lorraine and wish her all the luck in the world. She's been a dedicated blind vendor, worked hard on the committee for years in Virginia. And I'm glad she's going to take some time off and, and, and hopefully travel a little bit and, and spend some time. So. Uh, shout out to Lorraine Magnuson from Virginia. So, um, also, Nikki, you mentioned you mentioned the T the T and T training February second. Um, you know, the plan is that that's going to be a quarterly uh, training that we will be doing the rest of the year. So, the first one will be in February, and then there will be one in May, one in August, and one in November. Those are uh, ninety minute uh, training sessions, and um, I know we are excited about the. Um, you know, the first one. And other other thing, Nikki, I think, um, you know, we've, we, we've lost some vendors, you know, recently. And um, you know, it's, 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 it's been a, a sad thing that um, you know, we, we've, we've had many of our colleagues who, who have, have passed on. And, uh, you know, I think we need to keep them and our families in mind. It's been sort of, in, in, you know, sort of a sad time as well. It, it, it has. And, you know, one thing, sometimes we didn't agree on some things, but uh, Dan Sipple, president of RSVA, past president of RSVA, worked very hard for blind vendors around the country and in Wisconsin. And uh, Richard Bird, who suffered a lot with um, COVID and, and worked hard, too, in Ohio for many years. So I'm glad that you gave that shout out to them. And one other thing, Terry, I want to announce is that um, we have, uh, have been informed that the United States Postal Service has named a Randall Shepard specialist um, to work. I've had a conversation with her um, and, and we're going to do some training and she will meet the community, the blind community on February 16th uh, to say hello and introduce herself. And she wants to uh, really work on Randall Shepard and do it. I told her her job was a lot easier than it was 10 years ago because of the downsizing of the postal service, but she'll be on a call with us to introduce and we'll be announcing that in a couple of days and then uh, making sure that we get out information so people can ask questions to get that to people. So a lot happening um, as we move into 2023. And uh, let's talk about our uh, presentation today. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we've been wanting to do something on micro markets for, for, for some time now. And, uh, uh, you know, micro markets have, have really taken the industry by storm. We have some state agencies that, um, uh, are, are, are really gung-ho and, and, and putting in lots of micro markets. We have some that have zero micro markets, which is, you know, that's a real head scratcher to me uh, that in this day and age when, you know, micro markets are dominating the industry that we, that we are so slow to the game. But, um, you know, micro markets, and I've said this so many times, it's like somebody was sitting around thinking, what can we do to help Randolph Shepard? And they said, Ah, let's start micro markets. 
because they are perfect for 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 what we do. And there's a, a lot of misinformation out there about micro markets. Um, and so, you know, I think it, this is a really good opportunity for for us to continue the dialogue and to further educate people out there about the potential that micro markets have. They're not for everybody. They're not for every location, uh, but they certainly offer a lot of potential for a lot of blind vendors to make more money and for, for them to provide a better service to their customers. And Terry, I agree with you. I remember years ago when they first came out, I said to you, this is the future of Randall Shepard and it's taking a lot longer for some states and many states to get on board with it. But I got to tell you, it's becoming a new thing, especially with the labor market and, and the way that you can sell so many more products and we're just excited that that Steve um, Klauser from Translucent and Patty Klauser. I mean, if you remember, they were supposed to do a training for us in Chicago during Blast before it got canceled, you know, three years ago. And um, we were going to give out certificates and everything. And I think we needed to, you know, look at that again and stuff like that, because I still believe that micro markets are the future of Randall Shepard in a lot of ways. So uh, let's hear what Steve has we to say. We have Steve Klauser here with us today with Translucent. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, Terry. Nikki, how are you guys? Uh, doing great. So um, I know you've been in food service and vending for a big part of your life. If you could go back and talk to yourself from 20 years ago, could you imagine a day when we would have self-service markets dominating the marketplace the way we do today? You know, probably not. Um, but if I was to go back and talk to myself even you know, a little farther back 30 years ago, I, you know, we used to not pump our own gas at gas stations. And now we eat at a gas station. I mean, they're convenience stores, but we really, if you think about it, the impetus is going there to get gas. Well, now that has changed and just simply really in the last 20 years, massively to we eat at gas stations. So we're going there to eat, and why? Oh, by the way, it's convenient for us to get some other, you know, items that we might want for the house. Oh, and by the way, I can get gas. So that has transpired massively in in the last uh, in the last you know two decades. In the last you know ten years, even twelve years, what's happened is is that the younger generation has shifted towards convenience buying. They're very comfortable with eating and drinking outside the home, something that the previous generation was not comfortable with. Uh, in other words, like my parents would say, um, you go out to eat on special occasions, birthdays and things like that. And now you go out to eat on daily basis and on special occasions you eat at home. It, it's actually completely flipped. Uh from from the, the previous generation to this one. Well, you mentioned those convenience stores. I've had some pretty good food at some of those places, you know. So, uh. <laughs> oh no, they they do. I mean, look, there are. Uh, if you see some of the new Seven Elevens, uh, there's Quick Trips. There's you know, um, there's I, actually um, coincidentally, uh, and Terry, I don't think we're very far from each other. Uh, we're down here in South Carolina. There's a group that I just kind of got a spokes to. It's called Spinks, S-P-I-N-X. Uh, and they they have a great, I mean, it's half food, half convenience and gas station. Uh, and 
they have online ordering and they have complete self-checkout. So, I mean, it is really uh, micro markets on steroids. Um, but there are people, they do about, I was talking to the manager at the one by the hotel here, and uh, she was telling me that they'll get anywhere from 270 to 400 order ahead orders every day. Oh, wow. Now that, that is, that's a lot of chicken, as she puts it. Uh, fried chicken is a big deal um, here, tenders, things like that. But they have, they have other things. They have like, you know, barbecue and some other stuff. But I, I was actually blown away. I actually, uh, uh, a colleague of mine and I are tonight are going to sit there for about two hours. I just want to watch the traffic pattern. I want to see, I just thought that was a, a too, something too good to pass up. So anyways, I digress a little bit right from the beginning, but I think it goes back to the whole micro market piece and self-checkout and the ability to have convenience is all really wrapped up into one now it's there's not vending and there's not you know dining there's not you know catering it's all one now and uh uh, the bet the better that we do that uh well i'll put it this way our customers are expecting it so if you're not doing it it's a big problem you you look like you're you're outdated it really is is really what's happening exactly so before we get too deep into this, Steve, you know, Translucent is your company and you're, you and your wife and um, uh, you're a sponsor of ours. Uh, can you just give us a quick uh, down and dirty as to what Translucent does? Well, really what what we do is after being an operator for, you know, my whole career, uh, you know, 25, 30 years, um, my wife and I tried to retire, didn't like it very much. But what Translucent does is help bridge that gap from new operators uh, that want to get into the market business, the self-checkout business, the dining side of self-checkout order ahead. So we take all those headaches that come with that and we walk your firm and your management team and then your your all the way down to your grill cook. We walk you through that step-by-step to make that successful. And, and we spend a lot of time with operators at different levels um, with technology to help them see how that integrates into their business. So, uh, everything that owners don't have time to do and, and, uh, VPs and leaders don't have time to do, that's where you can bring, you can hire translucent to come in and fill that gap for you, get it done, right. Get it up and going quick and making money. And then we just move on and we make some good friends along the way. And you are available to work with state licensing agencies, right? Yes, we do all over. Uh, we've now we we're now working with our fifth uh, state, with the state of Tennessee, and uh, we're doing some work with Kentucky, Texas, New Mexico, and Mississippi. Awesome. Um, so our guys, the, the people listening to this show, they're all about making money, and um, they, you know, we hear all kinds of crazy numbers can, about the income potential of micro markets compared to traditional vending and snack snack bars. Can, can you sort of separate the fact and the fiction there? And what 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 is the comparison? So here's what I tell folks, and and you're right. You should be about making money. We are a for profit company, uh, and so you absolutely should to make a profit. And a, trust me, we believe in that 100. percent and that's really our focus is to get you to make money. Um, but at the same time, it's how you get to that 
and how do you maximize the, the, the ability to make as much profit as you can is where we really shine. So that is through through our help and, and getting you there quicker. But what I tell folks is um, if you have a vending bank of equipment right now, if you were to take out that vending bank, whether it's as small as a snack or soda or all the way up to a full bank of you know, coffee machine, couple foods, couple snacks, three or four drinks, whatever size it is. I don't care what size it is. If you were to take that out and put in a micro market, you you can 100% take it to the bank, you'll double your sales. And if you do the food portion of it right, if you have a good food program around it, you can do as much as four times your sales. Wow. So it you can, those are real numbers. We're all seeing it. Um, people say, oh, I don't know if I believe that. Well, all you got to do is look at your, your, your the, the industry. And if it wasn't great, the industry wouldn't be doing it. And so the industry is 100% changing to us. Uh, we just put, in a large plant that has about 10,000 people working in it, there were a hundred, there were 85 different break areas. There is not one vending machine in the plant. So they did all markets. They did coolers with snack attachments to them. There is literally not a vending machine in here. And it, the results have been nothing short of amazing. So anyways, it, it's happening all around us. Uh, and I think that you, you know, we talked about some of the questions we're going to go over, Terry, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I think in a later question might be about, you know, operators and their reluctancy to get into this and you can understand it. Um, it's hard to reinvest in business that you've already spent tens of thousands of dollars in vending equipment in. It's very hard to do that. And and I just say to people, I think you have to flip the way you talk about that. Um, if if I told you that if you were to give me 10000 I could give you 30000 every year from then on, you would say, whoa. Okay, so the point is, is that if I told you you could triple your sales by investing whatever the amount of money it took to get this micro market, you would do that. And and so think don't think about what it costs you. Think about what it gets you. Um, and so and the other thing is that vending, uh, there's always going to be a place for vending, but unfortunately, it's a declining, um, what I call a declining sell part of the business, where um, you know, in a few years, some of these kids are not even going to know what a vending machine looks like. So you got to think about the value of your company. Uh, as it relates to, to to somebody, you know, wanting to do those things. So, so states. And I, I, I when you talk about the numbers you're talking about, you know, they, they you know they are incredible. And states have been slow to. In some states have been slow to move toward micro markets, uh, and cost has been one of the reasons. And you've you, you've addressed that. Um, and you know, I hear about theft, potential theft, and I realize you know micro markets are can't go in every location because theft is a real problem. But what what what's been your experience with shrinkage uh, uh, in, in in these micro markets? That seems to be a big concern of a lot of our folks. It, it is, and it, and you know, uh, 
I'll, I, I'm going to say this two different ways. One way is somehow 7-Eleven and different convenience stores around the country, Circle K's, Quick Trips, et cetera, et cetera, can put a, a $15 or $20 an hour cashier in a 12,000-foot store, and they don't have a they, – they may have a theft problem, but they, they're still able to make a lot of money. And so you could easily walk in any one of those stores and steal. So the real number for theft on average is somewhere between 2 and 3%. Now, that's on average. There's some that are more, and then there's some that are zero. So what you got to do is you have to look at the makeup of the place that you're going into. If they have a transient workforce or they are underpaying their people to work there, then that is a place for vending machines. If they're paying them a fair wage and the client's willing to work with you and understand this is a benefit that you're bringing, you have to price it right. So in other words, when you go to a convenience store, you got, you know, oftentimes people say, well, I can't get a dollar 59 for a candy bar. Yeah, you can. You can't get it in the vending machine, but you can get it in a micro market and you can get plus tax. So the whole point is price it right. Because some of the number that is priced into convenience store pricing is that there is some theft. And if you have a real problem with it, there's cameras and there's other things that you can get to help a, to help a client and to help yourself figure this out. Because I can assure you of this. If one of their employees is stealing a lot from you, they're probably taking something that's really important to the client. And they'll want to know that. So you do have to deal with it and you do have to monitor it. But I think... I don't think. I know that if you focus more on sales and 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 not on the loss, you'll find yourself in a much better position. In other words, there's there's one or two percent of bad people no matter what you do in this country. I prefer to focus on the ninety-eight, not the two. So you mentioned the the, the camera issue, and I know that's been a deterrent in some locations where we've tried to go into federal buildings, especially where there are network issues, security concerns about, um, you know, the, the cameras from, from a number of, of, of aspects. How critical are cameras uh, to, um, to, to the success of a micro market if, uh, in, in a secure location? You know, if they won't let you put cameras up, you're going to have to have a real honest conversation with the client about, fine, I get it. You don't want to have cameras up because of security, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, we're going to have to talk about this theft issue or shrinkage. And I, I'd, use, I'd ask you to use the word shrink, not theft, because it kind of automatically puts everybody's guard up when you say theft. Right. And say, look, I, I'm, I got an inventory system. It's very simple. It's in and out. And if I come to you and I'm missing more than 3 or 4%, you and I are going to split that. And the government's going to lose their mind when you say that because they can't subsidize food and I. I get it. I We work with them all the time as well. But you're going to have to do something. And what I have found that is even on military bases, we can have cameras as long as they're closed. So in other words, they got to know where it's going. And so, and if not, then they can either put their own up because in every military, in every federal building in the country, there's cameras. So let them right. do it. You just got to let them understand. Well, the problem is, 
you've got to tear down the walls where I'm a vendor and you're the customer or you're the client. You need to say, I'm here to serve you and I'm bringing a new benefit and I'm going to invest 10, 15, 25, 35, $40,000 into upping the service here for you. I need your help with that. And I have not found anybody that is not excited about things like that. That doesn't cost them a dime to do. So um, if if I'm a state licensing agency and I want to look to see if a location is suitable for a micro market, what what are things that I should be looking at to, to, to make sure that it is suitable? Yeah. So here, here's the really funny part about micro markets. You don't need to do anything different than what you've been doing forever. When you go to survey a place. Do exactly what you did when you had a good, when you went to do a vending machine bank. Do I have power? Do I have internet? If I don't, if you can't get me internet and a lot of, you know, in the federal buildings, you can't, is the cellular work? Can I take credit cards, et cetera? It's exactly the same thing. What you do is you base your per capita spending on a much higher spend than a vending machine. But, you know, you, you, we would go into an, a, a federal building. And you say, I want you to put a bank of vending machines right here. What do you start doing? How many outlets do they got? Blah, blah, blah. How, what's, this, what's the size? What's a, it, don't change the thing you're doing. You're just going to have new measurements that you're going to put in or new dimensions for equipment that's going in versus what you used to do. It's the same thing. Don't change what you're doing. You've been doing it for years and you've been successful. Don't change it. So I, I, I'm glad you say that because I, I have a lot of state agencies. And, and, and of course, the conversation will say the, the site is not big enough for a micro market. And, you know, my response is if it's big enough for a snack machine and a drink machine, it's big enough for a micro market. Is that accurate? Yep, it is. You just adjust the size of the market to what you need. Correct. That's what's really great about the market business. So is, so so how how yeah. are you seeing the um, uh, the micro markets evolve? I mean, we you know, I know. You know, they've changed. They've been around now for, what, 10 years probably, but um, um, they've really caught fire the last five years. Um, how, how, how have they evolved? So the biggest change, I, I shouldn't say change, the biggest driver in the market industry, the convenience industry, is the food. If you try and do what I call, if you take the food if you take a big ass hamburger and take it out of the out of the out of the 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 the, the you know the um, the AP food machine or an old row food machine and you put it in a cooler with a micro market, we call that vending on a shelf. That's not that, that that's not going to change a whole lot. Okay, you got it's all about the food. You again, your competition now. When you have a micro market, is every place on the way into work that people stop, that's your competition. You want them not to stop on the way into work. Let's just say Diet Coke is your thing or Coke Zero or Pepsi or whatever. And you stop every morning to get your Pepsi. But while you're there, you grab a breakfast sandwich. And you say to yourself, well, I've got food and I got a drink. But what if they knew they could get a great breakfast sandwich from your place and then they're going to come get their Pepsi or Diet Coke or whatever their drink is, maybe a cup of coffee from you. So what I tell people, the markets do two things. They bring you customers that you never had before. 
that's where a lot of the sales increase comes because a lot of people will not use vending machines. And the other part of it is you're getting people to change their habits and they're going to trust in you. So it's all around the food. It's all around having good quality food. And people are going to say, well, I can't believe it. I got to pay $5 for a sandwich. Fine. Then charge $8.99, charge $9. You're going to, they're paying it anyways. You can't go to McDonald's and get a sandwich for less than eight bucks now. So you got to charge right, but get it's qual it's quality over price because when you have a great quality product, price is neutral. The problem that people have is they get a they they have they buy something like you know an XYZ sandwich that is you know some of the older stuff we have. And it's not of a great quality and they're paying four bucks for it now because the prices have gone up from our suppliers. Now you have a price quality issue. You got to take that out of the equation by having great quality price is negligible. So we're going to wrap it up here. We, uh, but I, I do want to ask you, 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 you were in the industry back when, you know, you, you had vending, you had uh, cafe snack bars and all, all of that. Uh, and then micro markets came along. Looking into your crystal ball, where do you? What, what's the next great innovation going to be in our industry? You know, I wish I had a good answer for that. Because <laughs> if I did, <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be? I was nice, hoping right? you're going to make me rich so I'd have an yeah, insight. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I my thing right now is we there is so much left to do with markets and self-checkout technology that I don't know that the next great thing is here yet. But what I will tell you is the self-checkout technology and the order ahead going into restaurants, I call them restaurants, but cafeterias and buildings is the next biggest thing. It is very difficult to staff a cafe. It's hard to find the help. It's very expensive. So we've got to take the same technology and take a cafe that used to have two or three people and had a had an entree station and a grill and a deli and a salad bar and all kinds of stuff. Shrink that portfolio down to exactly what you're doing. Put in order ahead and put the cafe and the market together. So bring that together and really... The next big thing I'm seeing, a lot of it is, uh, in my opinion, would again, would be you're going to take your local convenience store and put it in their business. And right now, we still have a lot of divide between cafeteria and vending or markets. The next thing is they're going to be together. Um, and and that's kind of where, where I see it going. Uh, and that's probably, that'll take us as an industry probably five to 10 years. The other thing that I'm seeing is I'm seeing the, the comeback of a, of, of really good coffee um, where people don't have a problem paying a couple bucks for a really good cup of coffee, even two fifty out of a, out of a bean to cup machine. Uh, I think we're, I think we're missing uh, the boat on that. But that's going to be a little slower to come because of, you know, there's just some cost prohibitiveness stuff uh, with that. I mean, they're, they're, those things are not cheap. They're hard to maintain. Um, and so and, and so I, I just kind of think the whole, again, the whole 
how do you get people stopping uh you know at their at their favorite convenience store on the way in when they if you can get them to stop doing that it changed their habits uh that's probably the biggest thing and that takes time to turn that ship i mean um with the different state agencies um and with the strength of the randolph shepherd act personally in my opinion you got 10 years worth of work of just of just getting that right honestly um you know, we have we have a lot of state agencies that, uh, you, you know, are even today are still focused on their snack bars or cafeterias. And, 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 and um, you know, I think listening to you and Nikki and I have said it many times that the cafeterias have gone the way of the dinosaur. Um, I think uh, it's time we move past that. Yes. And by the way, turn them into convenience stores where you got this great big market. You can do a lot with them. The client loves it. A lot of times they need to be upgraded anyways. You know, throw a coat of paint on it, redesign the layout, and you can have a great place for people to come. You know, and if you go look at it, when you when you look at these cafeterias, probably 50, 60 percent of the sales are from the grill. But we've got an entree. We've got a dough. You know, change all that. Completely. You got to re. in order to change. You have to rethink the industry. And and that's kind of um, and that's kind of the thing that I think people have to become very comfortable with. Uh, and that's hard to do in a business that you that you're that you've already invested, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in. But you got to do it because if you're not going to do it, you're just becoming your your business to the public is becoming less and less valuable. And you do not ever want to do that. You know, our job as leaders is always to make sure that curve is continuing to go up and up and up. And when it kind of turns the other way, we have to change that. Well, Steve, we appreciate you being it. And I'll give you one last chance. Any points that we missed that you'd like to make before we move on? No, Terry, Nikki, I think we covered it pretty good. I, I would just tell people, uh, I'm going to preach this to the cows come home. Uh, get into this. Don't don't shy away from it. Uh, and you've got a great big hammer with the Randolph Shepherd Act. Use it to your advantage and don't use it as a crutch. So I just want to uh, also mention to everybody that's listening uh, on our website at www.blindmerchants.org, we do have the training that Steve did for us um, back two years ago, training on micro markets, and still a lot of good information in there. Uh, I think we did what was it about a three part series, I believe, Steve, and uh, yeah, and yeah, some really good information in there. So that's still available to you, Steve. We we really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Anytime. Take care. Wow, you know, it was really great to you know sit down with Steve again. Um, you know, we had him at the uh, Tennessee uh, annual training conference that we we conducted, and he did a fantastic job there. And I'm always fascinated. Love his enthusiasm uh, for 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 the micro markets and his support of of blind vendors. And Nikki, the numbers he talked about uh, in terms of being able to increase sales. Uh, you know, it, it's impressive. And I know you operate micro markets. You've seen firsthand how, 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 how profitable they can be. And you're right. You know, it, it, especially with inflation and everything, I mean, you could raise prices uh, almost on a daily basis, a nickel here, a dime here when you have to, which you can't do in vending. You could charge sales tax, which you can't do in vending. So there's a lot of pluses to it that way too, that really make it better. And, you know, I got to say, you know, Steve is so knowledgeable and I got to thank him for taking time. Usually when you call him, he's at an airport 
And if we don't think micro markets in the future, just look how busy he is setting them up all over the private sector and everywhere. But when, you know, he's always on the fly somewhere, he's always at an airport calling, but he always gets back to you. And it's just a pleasure that he's on our team and a sponsor of this uh, We Are Randall Shepherd podcast. I was happy to, 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 to get him on because, I mean, <laughs> we have tried to schedule that particular interview for a couple of months now. And um, so he was always somewhere. And then, uh, then even a week before we tried to get it scheduled and he, he, he was stuck at the airport with all the flight delays and just trying to get him on was very, 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 very challenging. But we, we did. And, uh, you know, he provided a lot of information. Nikki, one thing that he definitely said that I know, uh, you know, that, that you have been preaching yourself and that is that cafeterias are a thing of the past. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it, you know, and, and especially the nice thing about self-checkout is even if you had, you know, I know we have an operator in Arizona that was running a, a facility that had, you know, they were actually still doing food like a snack bar, but this, but there was no cashier or self-checkout. You know, you got to sit and you can put a micro market anywhere. We're thinking about putting them in some, you know, LA fitness gyms. On the, with the RSA management group, we're thinking about, you know, I've seen them in malls now because you didn't realize that how many people work in a mall at night, security, people that are uh, stocking shelves and stuff, and there's no place to eat. So you can put a micro market almost anywhere. And, you know, we've said it and I'll say, it, you know, cafeterias are done and you need to come up with something. So whether it's a micro market, a micro cafe, whatever you want to call it, but it really helps with labor. I just read an article today that Walmart is now going to pay their employees seventeen fifty an hour. What does that do to blind vendors when they try to find labor? So your labor is your self-checkout market. That's your cashier, and it's a great way to do it, and especially with apps. And I got to say that, too, many of the, the of the micro-market companies have been working with us on, on accessibility. And, and, you know, so many of these apps now are now accessible, and we're trying to find, figure out how uh, to make sure that micro-markets are accessible also. So just a great concept. If people have questions, please reach out. It'd be a great thing to put on your um, on your um, year-end meetings, and like Tennessee did last year, whether it's Steve or somebody local, you know, and 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 stuff. So really think about how you can change your concepts when people do come back to work and you need to cut labor, and there's only forty percent of the people in the building. Vending and micro markets are going to be the way to do it, and you can sell a lot more product and make a lot more money with a micro market. You know, I went over since uh, since uh, our, our last uh, broadcast to see the uh, you caught what you referred to as a micro cafe at the uh, Tennessee Valley Authority, and it used to be a snack bar, uh, and now it's exactly what you said. There, there still is a grill. Uh, they've cut their menu probably by two thirds compared to the pre-pandemic, uh, but they are they still have the the grill and and, and where you can pick up product uh, you know off the shelf. And uh, and like you said, the uh, kiosk is the checkout, and uh, you know, the people there seem to be very very uh, pleased with it. And uh, so, yeah, there's a there's a you know real potential there. One thing that 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 Steve is not good at, okay, he's not a fortune teller because you know we ask him what's the great next innovation. You know, if micro markets, you know, innovated and 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 and, and revolutionized the industry. What's the next big thing going to be? 
and he wasn't able to really give us a real firm answer. He says he doesn't think it's here yet. Uh, so, Nikki, I know you've got some ideas along those lines. What do you see as the next big innovation in our industry? Well, I think it's going to be robots, again, because it's kind of like a self-checkout. Um, we know that Costa Coffee through Coca-Cola has a coffee machine that uh, can make over 200 different cups of coffee. Uh, I met last week with a company called Robo Burger that was on uh, Jimmy Fallon's show that cooks fresh burger, Tyson burger for you in six minutes with different toppings. And they're going to be adding a sausage sandwich and a chicken sandwich. Um, I think that, um, you know, uh, Just Baked, uh, Josh Rosenberg is involved with them now that in, uh, out of coming out of Florida. Uh, which it bakes, uh, which cooks numerous type of breakfast and entrees and lunch and pastries and all kinds of things. Uh, we'll be doing a training down there in February with Josh. So I think robots are going to be big because again, it's similar to like a micro market. Because the one thing micro markets, when, when when people lose their cafeteria and they want a micro market, it, it gets the, the one thing they want is food, hot food. Well, where's our, where are we going to get hot food from? And you know they can get it from Uber Eats and they can get it delivered, but. Having these mic with these robots, it's you know you need an employee for a few minutes uh, a day or you know whatever a few twenty minutes a day to refill it to restock it. Or some of these companies will come in and stock it themselves, like Farmer's Fridge or the Robo Burger will do. But I think the future, right, besides micro markets, and you know we're, we're, like we said, we haven't we have a lot of states that aren't even started yet. So once they start, that's going to be a future. But to add to that is robots. I think robots are going to be huge, and I think they're going to be big. What about you, you say ro- Well, you say robots. I think of Lost in Space. And <laughs> <laughs> now, and if you're listening and you don't understand that reference, then I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, you, you're just way too young. But uh, yeah, I think you know, I, I think the robots are you know are are going to be huge. I think that you know some type of you know you, if you go into hospitals, you go into some of the large office buildings, you actually see robots that are delivering. Um, uh, you're delivering the mail. I could I could see people placing their orders and you putting them on this robot and this robot taking it to their cubicle. Uh, I, I think that is a very real possibility. Uh, you, you go to some restaurants now. I mean, there's a you know, in I, I went you know my son was you know where where they have su- a, a, a robot at a sushi bar and it delivers you your drinks. Uh, you know, they, they deliver sushi. So you know, I think you're going to be seeing. Uh, you know, a whole lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're going to get into the, the whole thing of, of of cost and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to be able to do stuff like that to keep up with the time. So, uh, yeah, I think you may be onto something there. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to stick with you on that one. And uh, uh, I think I think I think you're right. So, Terry, I think I want to thank Steve and Translucent for participating in our episode one of 2023 and i look forward to coming up with our next episode two next month and i hope that everyone has a great month and a great super bowl and go eagles terry now wait whoa whoa, whoa. before you before you get you say go eagles now, I, now we're about to go back and replay the podcast when we made our predictions and you specifically said you did not like the eagles because you did not like their quarterback and yeah <laughs> So just as a reminder, I, I have uh, to, you know, they say, go back to the videotape. I have to go back and listen to it. And again, this is, this, this is, this, you know, you know, I'm just saying go Eagles. That's, that's all, you know? Okay. okay. Well, 
we actually, for those, we recorded this like two days before the Eagles played the 49ers. So we don't know how that game turned out. We don't know how that's going to be. So I may be eating yeah. those words again. Yeah, you, might, you may be. So, but anyway, uh, I thank you. you know what? Enjoy the Super Bowl. Lit. Everyone enjoy the yeah. Super Bowl. Thanks, everybody. And Josh, we really appreciate you. Glad you're back for uh, year number two. Uh, we could not do this without you. And uh, good luck and uh, happy new year to everybody that's out there. Goodbye. Happy New Year. The We Are Randolph Shepherd podcast would like to thank our sponsors, the National Association of Blind Merchants, Coca-Cola, Sodexo, Three Square Markets, You Select It, Southern Food Service, Tyler Technologies, and Translucent. If you would like to support the We Are Randolph Shepherd podcast, we would love to have you on board. Corporate sponsors may contact Nikki Gakos at NikkiColorado.Netscape.net. Individuals who would like to support the podcast may do so by donating to the National Association of Blind Merchants at www.BlindMerchants.org. We would love to have your support.